0: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greenie presented by Progressive Insurance, our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We've got the power of the dogs. Revenge, sweet for Georgia, plus the NFL coaching carousel, a process that makes no sense, and plenty of time today for your calls. It's a Tuesday. Let's do it. Here we go. go, go.
2: Only one place to start
1: intercepted
3: at the 21 yard line and keely ringo bringing it back across midfield across the 30 inside the 20 ringo scores that is a fitting ending nolan smith the sack georgia has won the
0: national championship how about this university how about these fans this is a special moment for the university of georgia special moment for this team
1: How about those dogs last night? Congratulations, Georgia. Congratulations, Kirby. Congratulations to all our friends in what is now the state of champions. Georgia wins the national championship just a couple of months after the Atlanta Braves win the World Series. And so I will tell you my favorite moment of last night as I sit down to watch the game last night. I got my wife sitting next to me. I got my little dog sitting there getting ready to go. I'm so excited to watch the championship game. And then it just goes up a notch because when the teams go out there for the opening coin toss, my buddy David Pollock is the honorary captain of the Georgia Bulldogs. And 41 years after they last won a national championship, he got to be there to watch his team win it all. And I am delighted to bring David in for a couple of minutes here on the Goodyear Hotline. David, congratulations. Thank you for doing this.
3: Oh, absolutely. Thank you, brother. It was a, it was a fun night.
1: I, I know that you're driving back from Indy right now with your family, so I appreciate you taking a, a couple of minutes to give us perspective. G- give me the, the emotions before the game, I, maybe not as much yours as what you observed from them, because this, this was a night, look, Alabama is Alabama, and Georgia may well have been the better team, and they proved it last night, but they were also the one that had the doubters. What, what did you observe in the emotions and, and, and the, the confidence in that team before the game started last night?
3: I think Georgia fans knew they had a great team. They knew they had a great team all year, but they also knew in the SEC championship game what happened. They also knew that, you know, Alabama had kind of been a thorn in the side, and they've had great teams that won the past. And, you know, second and 26 versus uh, Alabama, you know, five years ago. They had a batted pass in the SEC championship game, which was a pseudo-national championship in 2012. So I think – um, cautious optimism I, I think as a Georgia fan all year long it was kind of like nothing to see here don't look at us at number one like it was it was kind of you know move on you know don't stare but you you mentioned it the Braves maybe the Braves broke the curse for Atlanta sports fans because for years it was you know last year was a 3-1 lead over the Dodgers blown um, you know the, 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 the Falcons collapse against the Patriots where you just kind of go man Atlanta sports fans and and Georgia are just kind of used to disappointment and now to have success. It was crazy. Greeny when, when Ringo made that pick six and I appreciate you all the time because you, you show your fandom and you show your human with that side and you show your family's human. Like I walked from one side of the stands to the other on the near the Georgia sideline. And I just, I can't explain to you how many grown people I saw with tears in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, forty one years of trying, forty one years you know, you saw in the pregame show the the Red Sox and the curses and just all the stuff so close so many times to finally to finally do it, man. You just saw so much joy from so many people and that was it was really, really cool to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Herschel Walker and those teams back then, and it has been that long since this team is where it is right now. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive. Save over $700 on average. Call or click today. There's really two big storylines for this team, for those folks who are, are not, don't follow college football all year long. One of them is the defense. And, and this was a defense people were talking about as one of the greatest in the history of the sport, And then they ran into Alabama and Bryce Young in the SEC championship game. And not only did he shred them, but it really made people question them, I felt like. I felt like the narrative became, well, did they really play a tough schedule? All that kind of stuff. Now that they've won the championship and they shut down Bama last night, what is the legacy of this defense?
3: It's definitely one of the greatest of all time. You know, you held Alabama and the Heisman Trophy winner to under 20 to win. You score... um, you know, it was it was definitely a different story, but it was it was it was definitely embarrassing. too. But you're talking about giving up six points a game going into the uh, SEC championship game, um, had their setback, and 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 definitely you know deserved the criticism that they brought on themselves. But just a, an unbelievable group of guys that you're talking about upper echelon of talent. Greeny, I think in the front seven alone, I think you'll have you know at least seven first and second and third round picks. You know that kind of. Historical, you know, uh, dominance. Mm-hmm. That's that kind of le- lethal, you know, players and big, physical, strong, um, speed. You could see, man, both teams when they're on the field, just you know, holes closed with with a quickness. Um, so I think it's definitely a defense that leaves its mark as you know one of the greatest, not the greatest, but one of the greatest in college football history. And how about the revenge factor too? I, I think you. This is the fifth time, Green, you've had top five matchups repeat in the postseason. And all five times, the team that lost first won the, won the rematch. Right. So motivation, obviously, a powerful a powerful factor.
1: Yeah, and the running game is the key last night. I'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Alabama ran the ball for 301 yards against Cincinnati in the semifinal. Granted, that's a, a different level of competition, but still, 301 yards. Last night, Bama had 28 carries for 30 yards they averaged 1.1 yards per carry that David as much as anything is the ball game last night
3: that's crazy especially considering I I thought Bama did a really good job in the third quarter kind of coming out and establishing the run after having 10 yards at the half Uh, but then you saw the sacks and the negative plays and you know the size and physicality of Georgia's defense kind of take over but you know Bryce Young did a a really good job under duress took a bunch of hits throwing the ball but um, you know, the, the running game, this is this has not been a vintage Alabama running team all year long. Um but it, but they've been able to do whatever they needed to do. If they played a team like Cincinnati and they needed to pound it, they'd pound it. If they played a team like Georgia, they could throw it. Um but they just ran into a you know a defense that's physical and stout and um obviously there's not much in the running game that you get against those guys.
1: Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And, and then the other storyline I mentioned, there really are two. Georgia was built on its defense this year, and that wins them the championship. But so does this quarterback, Stetson Bennett, and every underdog everywhere – should love this story. This is a kid who came as a walk-on. He was questioned all season long. This is a team that, while it was unbeaten, I still had people saying to me, hey, you know, they've got this kid, this, this, this highly-touted recruit. When are they going to make the change and all that kind of stuff? Then he has the huge turnover in the fourth quarter last night, the kind of crazy play that's ruled a fumble that could easily have cost them the game. And instead of that, he then finishes – unbelievably strong throwing two touchdowns after that. How about the Stetson Bennett story for people who don't really know it intimately?
3: It's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I, listen, I, I do this for a living. So I get questions all the time and it just, I mean, to the point where before the, the, the orange Bowl, I'm on get up and I'm answering questions. How long is Kirby going to roll with Stetson Bennett? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, he had a 20 to three touchdown to interception ratio. If this kid isn't a walk on, like, we're not having this discussion. Green, he didn't take reps in fall camp. Yeah. Like, they they had JT Daniel. Carson Beck was the number two quarterback. Vandergriff comes in as the second-best quarterback in the country as a high school recruit. Like, he's buried on the depth chart. But when JT gets hurt, they had to go to somebody they trusted in a big moment to make sure that, you know, they could depend on him and not lose the game with what they had. And then all of a sudden, he takes over. But, but his story, walk on, grew up a Georgia fan, leaves Georgia – Goes to junior college because he wants to play. Kirby offers him a scholarship to come back to Georgia as a backup, as a scout team quarterback. Um, but his love for Georgia was, was bigger than that. And you saw the, the tears of joy. But this is a kid that, again, when you're a five star kid and when you're, uh, uh, you know, work at a big corporation or a big company, you have instant credibility. This kid's had to work for everything he's got. And by the way, been doubted along the way the whole time. Georgia fans, I live in Georgia. When's, when's JT going to play again? Like This kid can't take us to a championship, can they? Not only did he, he did it with two drives in the fourth quarter, two touchdown drives when you needed him the most. He came through in the clutch. So, I mean, just a guy that's been doubted by Georgia fans, Georgia coaches along the way, but just continued to believe in himself and and now he's the national championship and champion and one of the main reasons why.
1: And the resiliency again after the crazy turnover and he gets it done. One more thing for you, Dave, and I'll let you get back to your to your family. Hembo gave me an interesting note here. Of all the different ways that we could go about trying to explain just how dominant the SEC has been in college football in recent years. Last night is the third time in the last 10 seasons that the national championship was won by an SEC team that didn't win the conference. In 2011, Alabama. 2017, Alabama, and then last night, Georgia. They didn't win the SEC, but they won the national championship. Is is there any reason to think that that is going to change the the dominance of this conference anytime in the foreseeable future?
3: No. And listen, we we we've known this for a while. I think some people want to be you know upset about it and want to feel some kind of way, but you know the 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 narrative has been too in the past you know several years. Well, it's just an Alabama thing. Well, now you got. LSU, Alabama, have won national titles. you got three different teams, all from the SEC. Um, but you, you, it's just, you know, you're going to watch the draft, and we're going to do the draft, green and we're going to talk about all these kids. And mm-hmm. the, the draft picks are going to be from the SEC the most, and it's the most talented conference. And as long as Nick Saban's sticking around, Kirby Smart's still going to be there. Jimbo Fisher just recruited the number one class in the nation and continues to, to grow. And A&M's going to continue to be a power, and, LSUs get Brian Kelly and probably going to make a resurgence. So I I don't think that's going to change anytime soon.
1: All right, listen, I, I know that you were incredibly busy today and you just did. The, I really appreciate you jumping in here for a couple of minutes. Again, congratulations. We were so excited to see you walk out on that field. Like, you know, no one was more excited than my mother. My mom, who was listening, let everybody know, my, my mom, who was listening. Now, we just went on this show, just went on the air in San Diego. My mom lives in San Diego. And every time David Pollack comes on Get Up, she always refers to him as the handsome one. So you know that she, you know that she was very excited last night, David.
3: How, how old is mom now? She, she's she's
1: uh, she's an appropriate age to be my mother. I don't I don't know how happy okay. she'd be if okay. I said that.
3: <laughs> uh, we won't put it out there, but I'm just glad to know that I have the the demographic of the you know the seventy year old mother ish you know demographic covered for being handsome.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I, that that's <laughs> you could have gotten me in big trouble there if I said that on the air. David, thank you very much, my friend. Enjoy uh, and uh, and congratulations. Thanks, brother. Have a good one, brother. That is Pollock again. He is the handsome one as he walked out on that field in his suit last night. All right, good fun there. Greeny, you know, you should try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. We will get Graziano up here next on all the coaching stuff, the coaching carousels, the coaching searches. Which include one person who is involved who absolutely should not be. And you'll hear who that is next. This is Greenie. We're on ESPN Radio.
2: Greenie,
4: the podcast.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So when I get Graziano on here, there's something that I have to clear up with him because he brought something up in our morning meeting today before get up and then we brought it up again on the TV show and sometimes on our TV show in the morning, people start yelling and I can't get to the bottom of exactly what's going on. One way or another, we know we know there are six openings. Well, beautiful. Graziano is ready to go. So let me get him in here. Here's Dan on the Goodyear Hotline, making the plays that move you forward Goodyear more driven. Dan Graziano, I was just sort of setting up. I want to make sure that I'm I'm completely clear and that we are completely clear with the audience. The role that Joe Judge, the coach of the Giants, is playing going forward, in particular in the selection of a new general manager with the Giants, one who it is my understanding. Would have the ability to fire Joe Judge immediately if he so chose. That that felt to me like the way I understood this situation, and I felt like you were trying to tell me I don't have it exactly right. So the floor is yours. What exactly are they doing?
5: Yeah, I don't think that it's right to say Joe Judge will have a role in the selection of the next GM. I, I think that's that's if, if that's how you're viewing it, then I would I would suggest uh, amending your view. I think here the Giants. Want to have a, an open-minded process about their GM search. They they hired Joe Judge two years ago, and, and they have believed in him, and, the, and they think that you know they, they want to be right about Joe Judge, right? So they'd like him to be a success. Now, if if there's a GM candidate they love that wants to go a different direction at head coach, I think they're open to that, but they're also open to keeping Joe. And if you do end up keeping Joe Judge. You want to make sure that your head coach and your GM are aligned. So when you're having conversations internally about GM candidates, and one of the possibilities involves keeping judge as head coach, it makes complete sense to bring in judge and say, hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? You know, would you be able to work with it? That kind of thing. They're not, they, we're not promising anything, right? We're not letting you pick the GM. But we want to know if it was this guy and we decided to keep you, what the relationship would be like. And I think that's probably the right way to do it. I mean, they got Judge in the building, and if you're not if you're not sure you're going to fire him, which obviously they're not sure, um, then why not pick his brain? I mean, it, it makes sense.
1: I no? guess. Well, I don't know because I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing, but in different ways. And, and it's, it is putting Judge, look, I don't, I've never met Joe Judge in my entire life. And while I personally think he has handled the past month just ridiculously, um, that, that doesn't mean that I wish ill upon him. He's, he is now in the most ridiculous situation I can think of anyone being in in a very long time, which is he's sitting around waiting to see who they're going to hire, who will then decide whether or not he's going to continue as the coach of the Giants. And he's got to sort of go business as usual between now and that time. And that time could easily be a week or two weeks or something like that it is it is at minimum an unusual way of going about things yes
5: sure but i also think it's it's fair to say that you know part of what joe judge is doing right now is is continuing to try and make his case to ownership for why they should keep him right and if that involves hey this is my vision for the organization um maybe look for somebody who who feels the same way and shares that if you guys do too you the owner's uh, if you believe in that, then, then yeah, I, I mean, again, it's not, they could have fired him yesterday. They could fire him today. They could fire him next week. They could keep him for 10 years. Like, uh, but, but the fact of the matter is they know they need a GM and green. Do you know the last time the giants hired a GM that hadn't worked for them before was 1979, George young, yeah. like they never go outside of their building for, for GM. So this is going to be pretty radical for them. And I think because of that, they have to keep every potential avenue open.
1: Well, desperate times, I think, call for, you know, unusual measures. And and if this isn't a desperate time for the Giants, I'm not sure what would be. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Let's go to some of those that we know are open. What, what if anything, do we know about movement? I, I know uh, Shefty told us yesterday the firing of Brian Flores immediately put him in play as a candidate in in potentially several other places. I'm fascinated by the Jim Harbaugh of it all. What, if anything, can you share about these six openings that we do already have?
5: Well, I mean, take the two you mentioned. Flores, uh, I think, is somebody who's going to be of interest to teams. He'll probably get calls for interviews. We haven't heard that that has happened yet, but again, we're uh, a little more than 24 hours uh, from the time when most teams probably figured he might even be available. So I think people are probably bouncing that off each other in their buildings. Don't be surprised if you hear in the next couple of days, the floor is going somewhere to interview. Uh, Harbaugh is interesting because there's a lot of, there's been a lot of smoke around him potentially to the Raiders. Uh, he's got a connection there. Mark Davis tried to hire him once before, I think when he went to Michigan. Um, so the, the two questions there, one, would he leave Michigan? And if so, you know which NFL job would it be for? We, he played for Chicago, so people have connected that. I don't get the sense he's a, he's a real strong candidate there. When Flores got fired, everybody's alarm bells went off because Stephen Ross loves Jim Harbaugh. Stephen Ross a Michigan guy. If you ever go to Michigan, Ross's name is all over the buildings. Um, but he said yesterday, I'm not going to be the guy that pulls Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. So either he's trying to throw everybody off the scent or they're not going to do that. But I think the Raiders are interesting, and especially now you figure the Raiders are in the playoffs. Rich Bisaccia, their interim head coach, has done an outstanding job uh, through adverse circumstances getting that team into the playoffs. Let's say they win a game or two. You know, you're you're putting off the possibility of change, and it may be that Bisaccia is making a case to keep the job. So I, I think if there's a team to watch for Harbaugh, it's probably the Raiders. But I think at this point, given the circumstances around that team, it's hard to know for sure if they're even going to be making a
1: move. Greeny and Graziano with us here. And then who are the other names? Like I'm just sitting here. I, you know, I keep yours and everybody else, all our insiders. Um, Twitter feeds open constantly during this time of year because it's all fascinating. I see that the two coordinators in Tampa are people everyone's interested in. Brian yeah. Dayball is people are interested in. When, when should we start seeing some of this stuff happen?
5: It's interesting because last year, you know, usually there's like a, a hot candidate or two, right? right? Like last year, everybody had an opening, interviewed Arthur Smith, and and the Falcons hired him. I don't think that candidate is out there this year. I think you're going to see teams kind of go their own way on these searches. You'll see some guys get interviews uh, multiple places, obviously, but I don't think there's like a a guy that everyone's in a rush to hire. Um, I, I, I've heard Leslie Frazier, the Bills' defensive coordinator. Uh, I've heard him strongly connected with Chicago throughout this process. I think he's a real candidate there. They're also talking to Dayball, uh, the Bills' offensive coordinator, and both Bucks coordinators. So they're casting a little bit of a wide net. Denver's already put in nine or ten interview requests from around the league. Some interesting candidates. Two members of the Packers' offensive coaching staff. Make a that what you will with regard to Denver and its and its hopes and dreams of quarterback uh miami you haven't heard much yet minnesota's starting from scratch with a with a new gm and a head coach opening so yeah there's there's a lot of names bouncing around there and i think it could be it could be that this takes a while for um you know for you to start seeing people hired because i, I think there are a lot of teams out there that don't really know what direction they want to go right now
1: all right keep us posted here gaziano thank you very much and i'm glad that you're well and back and better than ever and i'll talk to you in a couple of days
5: same to you, sir. Thank you.
1: All right. Just Dan Graziano with me here. Hey, you know, this is your year to find that job you absolutely love. ZipRecruiter can help. They send you the right jobs. You can apply to most with one click. They may even send you an awesome job that you never even knew existed. Just sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com today. Uh, Leslie Frazier, for those who don't know, played for the Bears. He was on the Super Bowl team. He was on the, the, 80, the legendary 85 Bears. He was a really good defensive back on those teams. So he'd be an interesting one. And then I see Jeremy Fowler. Another of our insiders just posted that the Bears have requested permission to speak with Colts vice president of player personnel Ed Dodds and defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus for their GM and head coaching openings, uh, both crucial in the Colts development of young roster and performance. So we'll see what winds up happening. All these moves are out there. I'll get Tommy Waddle in a little bit later from Chicago and I'll be interested in him. Going back to the judge thing, let me bring the assembled members of the hashtag crew into the conversation, particularly hashtag Nuno. So, Nuno, as a Giant fan, when you hear that Judge, how would we describe where he is now? He's in some form of limbo. He is playing some role in the conversations about the selection of a general manager, a general manager whose first decision will be whether or not Joe Judge remains the coach of the football team. I I described it as a weird set of circumstances. I, I can't think of a better adjective how would you describe it, Nuno?
6: I think weird is correct because you're what happens to that guy that you might really want, but he is not going to interview because Joe Judge is still in the building, even though you're telling him, quote unquote, that hey, you could decide to fire him if you feel like you two aren't going to mesh. Like, who are like, if I'm that guy, like, if I'm someone that people really want, like, I'm going to take you guys off of my list of potential suitors because of the fact that I don't have any like trust in the fact that John Mayer has really given me his word that he's going to allow me to fire this guy If I believe he isn't the right guy, because in that time that he's in the building, it's going to allow him to change your mind. Like, and that's what I'm worried about, that in those two weeks that it could take or a week and a half or whatever it is, that Joe just says the magical words to John Mayer that he's like, you know what? I did tell you I was going to let you fire him, but I think you guys should try this at least for a year. There's also something, and this is very common in journalism, called...
1: I, I for lack of a better word, confirmation bias. And here's what I mean by that. If you're a journalist, Nuno, and you want to go out and do a story, what you should do is let the facts lead you to the conclusion. It is very easy to start with a conclusion and then find facts that lead to them. And that's one of the big problems we have in journalism today, if indeed most of it can even be called journalism anymore. What I mean by this, the comparison I'm making is this. Even if it is something that you're doing subconsciously, if what you really want is to keep Joe Judge as your coach, then there is a real risk that you will lean towards general manager candidates who seem to favor him, which is to say, if you think he's really good, now someone walks in the door and the first words out of their mouths are, look, I can make Joe Judge work for you and here's why. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have a, you're going to, I think, There is a real tendency, and I don't even mean this critically, the criticism is with the process. I think you have to make a decision on whether or not Joe Judge is your coach. That's the more I'm trying to say. Make a decision. Either he's the coach or he's not. If he's the coach, then go find someone for him to work with. You believe in him that much? Look, you have to believe in him so much to stand by him after this. They couldn't be worse. The Giants could not be more of a laughingstock. They are a national punchline. And so if you're John Marrow, look, I'll give him credit. If, if, if he just says, you know what, I don't care about any of that. I'm telling you I'm right. This guy's going to wind up being a great coach. So be it. It's his team. He can make that decision if he wants. So make it. And then go out and find someone to work with him. But the way you're going about it now just feels so wrong to me. I mean, the league's been around 100 years. Reinventing the wheel is a complicated and unnecessary thing to try to do. And then, Nuno, to the point that you made a minute ago, Dominic Foxworth on Get Up this morning said,
3: If I'm a GM and I walk into a meeting and Joe Judge is sitting there, you know that Homer Simpson meme where he walks into the bar, hangs up his coat, and it turns around <laughs> and walks right back out? I'm doing that, joint. I think it's Homer's dad that does that. I'm going in yeah. and I'm coming right on out because I know this isn't the place for me.
1: That's it. I mean, I, I find the way they're managing the situation to this point really bizarre. Jeff Saturday also had thoughts. I don't
3: understand any of this. And listen, I know common sense ain't common, but it's just proven right here. Brian Flores gets canned, and we still got Joe Judge as the head coach meeting about general managers. I got no idea what they're doing up in Giants land.
1: Yeah, so so I think a lot of people feel that way. One way or another, what's that like, uh, Nuno, to, to, to root for this franchise that is so proud, has such great history and tradition, and now all of a sudden you're the punchline. Like that—that's an uncommon role for you and in, in your giant fandom. That's yeah, usually this, been my role.
6: This one hurts, right? Because I'm a Nick fan. Like, you know, I was—I was I wasn't born when they won the, uh, the two uh, titles. They had some, obviously, a lot of success in the '90s, but never were able to win. So, and I've stuck through them, but this one truly hurts because all my life. Now, they've done everything the right way, and and they're at a point in time where it's not even doing it incorrectly. They're embarrassing themselves. And what's—going back to the judge thing is there's reports yesterday that Kevin Abrams, who was— everyone thought was the heir apparent to the gm spot yeah isn't even a candidate at this point in time so like so we know that mira is listening to the fan base with that because he knows that he would get destroyed if they hired kevin abrams and he's not even a candidate but we still have joe judge in the building yeah it, it's a very strange set of circumstances again that that
1: one fascinates me more than any of the others and there are six actual openings like, like th- that would be the seventh. There are six places where the job is open. Jacksonville, the, Ra- the Raiders, again, are still playing, but that, that is a vacancy. Rich Passaccia is an interim coach in that circumstance. Denver, Chicago, Minnesota, Miami. Those are actual openings, and we'll see. I, I think Harbaugh is going to wind up with one of them. If-, if we look at it like as a game of musical chairs, I think Harbaugh is going to wind up sitting in one of them. I would disregard Stephen Ross saying, I'm not going to be the one to pry him out of Michigan. That's nonsensical to me. It doesn't make any sense. You're Stephen Ross. You're a very smart man. He's a self-made billionaire. Self-made billionaires are rarely idiots. So if Stephen Ross, I get it. If, if you're Stephen Ross and you're a, a, a huge Michigan guy and you want Harbaugh to stay at Michigan, then let him stay at Michigan. But if Harbaugh says to you, look, Steve, I'm going to leave Michigan, then hire him for crying out loud. You love him. You've been chasing him like a white whale forever. It doesn't make any sense to me. The options are not Harbaugh stays at Michigan or he comes and coaches Miami. The, the options are he comes and coaches Miami or he stays at Michigan or he goes and coaches another NFL team. It seems impossible for me to believe that the Dolphins won't at least find out if Harbaugh is otherwise planning on leaving. And if he is, I'd be stunned if they don't get in on it. So keep a close eye on Harbaugh as
2: we work our way through. Greeny, the podcast. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza, better because it has to be.
1: All right, we'll have Tommy Waddle in our next hour here. Plenty more uh, from the NFL, but right now it's your turn at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Your call's here with the simple question, how we feeling? If you're a sports fan, there's always a feel Let's get it going. Bubba, who's first up?
6: Yeah, first up is Kirk.
1: Well, what kind of music is this, by the way? Usually we have like upbeat, exciting uh, music for the call. We changed it up once we got to Kirk here. Well, well, well I mean, I, I feel like we need to sort of get it going for Kirk. Kirk is gonna bring the energy here, and I think we need a little more exciting music. There we go. Kirk, you are on the Doctor Pepper call in line. I think that's a more appropriate introduction for you. Kirk, All right, Kirk, better bring it. Kirk, how you feeling?
0: Good health, everybody, this morning.
1: Well, you tell me. How are you I, feeling as form, a fan?
0: I Well, I'm relieved that Georgia finally did something. Yeah. And uh, as far as the Giants are concerned, I've been a Giants fan for a long time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: despite the fact that my loyal patience has been recently tested, I'm going to attempt to give the Maras a little bit of benefit of the doubt about The way they're doing this if they bring in a general manager perhaps they have another intention for the services of joe judge and that's that's the only reason why i think well maybe there's a reason they're holding on to him um i realize they've done things differently in recent years Um, but i'm going to try to give them a little credit here and think okay they'll bring in a new general manager if he doesn't want to keep judge as the head coach, maybe they have another role for him in mind. And I, I just want to believe that that is their motivation um, right, in what Kirk. they're doing.
1: And I, I-, I hear you. I, I, don't, I don't know what other role they might have in mind. <laughs> that could be a whole other day's show, Nuno. We could just come up with what, what other role might Joe Judge play? He obviously isn't a good head coach. He, he can't be the head coach of the football team anymore. I wonder if there's some other role we could have him play instead. Kirk, thank you for the call. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Canada. Canada, that—that's a name, or that's a—that's a, a country. Canada. Oh, oh it's his name. W- where are you calling that's from, my Canada?
4: God-given name. All right. Where are you calling my from? God-given name. I'm calling from North Carolina.
1: I like it. You're on the Dr Pepper call-in line. How you feeling?
4: I am feeling completely depressed <laughs> over this entire season. I'm a die-hard New York Giants fan. Unfortunately, yeah. I have to say that. But, granny like. The only thing I don't understand is, like, the Giants' entire roster is horrible. Like, I was sitting here while I was waiting trying to think, who are the two or three best players in the Giants? You know who it is? Xavier, Xavier McKinney, uh, Greg Gano, our kicker, and Andrew Thomas, our tackle. What are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> the skill positions that we spent money on, like like the last caller said he wants to give Mar some credit. I'm not giving Mara any credit because how in the world can you go through last offseason and literally not address the offensive line. The best offensive lineman we had last year, he left and went to the Ravens, I think. And we didn't do anything to address off That's not just on the GM that finally left. That's on the owner. You allowed that to happen. You signing off from bitching Eli, that's a good idea. But, hey, not drafting any offensive lineman or attacking it in free agency or whatsoever. Like Like Will Hernandez last season, he was on the bench. He did not even start because he wasn't good enough. But now this year, oh, yeah, he's good enough to start? What are we doing is it's so ridiculous. Like, as soon as halfway through the season, I have to, like, you know what? I can't even talk to any of my friends about football. That's just great. As basketball season started, I'm like, no, I'm only talking basketball. When I'm a diehard fan, it's it's unacceptable. Like, we're tired of this doing things that don't make sense. At least do something that, that resembles trying. Yeah. You know what this entire season is? Yeah. It's, it's quarterback sneak on third down. Third and long. That is sums up our season. It quarterback did. sneak, third and long.
1: Thank you, Canada. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your passion. I appreciate it. It's what I make the sports world go wrong. Was that a dog barking in the background that we heard, Bubba? Was that I was trying to understand. Something was going on. Uh, there, there was something going on in the background there. But Canada, I appreciate the the passion. It's your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season's over. Fans are celebrating their victory. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? Next is Michael. Michael, how are we feeling as a sports fan today? We are not feeling very well, sir. How are you feeling today? Uh, well, t- terrible. I mean tell me why you're feeling bad.
3: I'm feeling bad because I've been a lifelong Bears fan. Yeah. And um, I've seen um, the coaching staff, the coordinators, the players be blamed, everyone but the ownership. What I would love is for the NFL to say, hey, look, you guys being bad is bad for the NFL. You're not figuring it out. Sell the
1: team. What would it take for that to happen? No, for nothing. the McCaskies to be forced to
2: sell the Bears?
1: Literally nothing. I mean, the, I, the, the, the McCaskies, for the, thank you for the call. I'm going to run out of time in the hour. I mean, the McCaskey family has owned this team basically forever. The, Virginia, is uh, the, the the matriarch of the family is George Hallis' daughter. And George Hallis founded the football team 100 years ago or whatever it was. So that's never going to happen. Um, and the Bears... Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to have Tommy Waddle in the next hour. And I believe the Bears are closer than most people generally think to being a pretty decent team. Now, they don't have a first-round pick this year. That hurts. But if they get a coach and a a philosophy, an offensive um, plan that turns Justin Fields into what he could be, I don't think they're that far away. They have better weapons than I think most people realize. Mooney and Montgomery and a bunch of guys. Defense is still pretty good. A move or two here on the offensive line. I don't think the Bears are that far away if they get the right coach. See if Tommy agrees with me. Big hour coming up. Stay there. ESPN Radio
2: thanks for listening to greenie the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on espn radio and see it with the video on espn plus also catch greenie on get up weekday mornings at 8 on espn and also available wherever you
0: get your podcast